told you I'd be back, but, like, life gets in the way. A um, lot going on in the movie verse of my life, but at the same time, a lot going on with the podcast and where it's going to go this fall and all the crazy things it's going to do. And so one of the crazy things it's going to do is it's actually going to split up into different parts. Um... I'm realizing just looking at the numbers and the way that the audience responds across the different platforms, it would behoove me to separate some of these things. So we're going to make it to where, like, Maui can listen to just Maui on Sundays. And if you want, you can listen to my diatribes about the world on Wednesdays. And then we can get over all the bullshit because it's Friday, Pauhana, and we're going to talk about the fun stuff. And just bitch about that and how that goes and what we think about that. And then we'll lather, rinse, repeat. Uh, Makes uh, some of my new and future advertisers happy. And it also, uh, you know, for those of you guys that just like skip the to the end bits. And for those of you guys that just listen to the beginning bits. This is a win-win for all of us. And maybe one day it'll pay for itself. Here's to crossing our fingers on that. So with that being said, it's Friday. Man, so much has happened since last we talked, and I think this works out even better that everything separates at this point, because then that way, like, I can dish on all the fun shit, and we can kind of, like, get in a weekly mental health day, if you will, (laughs) by just letting this out of our system so we're not thinking about the politicity of the world. So there's a lot I missed since last we talked. Uh, biggest things I've heard, uh, Avatar 4 has already got, like, the first act in the can. Uh, reports state that James Cameron has already shot the first act of it. Like, that's nuts. Like, I mean, to a degree, that's nuts, but, uh, like, coming from a, you know, I want to grow up and be just like you, Mr. James Cameron, someday, sir, please, uh, type of guy. Uh, I get why he's doing that. I think there's going to be some interesting, like... Stuff for actors that may not live until that point, or maybe like they're shooting historical material that's going to exist in both of them, and so it's a technicality. Or maybe he just like he's like, you know, let's why not? Uh, you know, so I mean, I think I think from a his crazy empire, like this is like James Cameron is going places where like. Jodorowsky didn't even get to take Dune past, like, paper and pencil. So, um, I mean, I haven't gone back to see the in-theaters, like, upscale of Avatar 1, which I totally would. I mean, he can shut up and take my money anytime. That was, like, the last good movie in 3D I personally felt I've ever seen. Uh, so with that being said, uh, I'll definitely go to see Avatar 2, but wow, like, I mean, he's kind of got me interested now at, like, the mega-sizeness of this, right? Like, he's, he's creating his own Lord of the Rings in space. He really is. So, like, with that, I get, I, I gotta say props to you, Mr. Cameron, and, uh, I guess this is gonna be, like, some Wu-Tang status stuff that he's just gonna have locked away for, like, eight years, and then we'll, and then we'll find out. 
in trailer news, though, Super Mario, guys, you seen it? Uh, I'm I'm gonna post it later when when I you know reshare this whole episode and everything. But like, so we've got Chris Pratt as the plumber himself. All right, and this is the first major motion picture since the ill-fated attempt starring uh, Bob Hoskins, John Leguizamo, and Dennis Hopper. And uh, you know, I gotta say, uh, you know. Little kid me liked it. Grown adult me uh, definitely moved past it. Getting older me has a nostalgic point, you know. And anybody who wants to watch it, I believe it's still free on YouTube. That's like how bad that movie did. They they can't give it away anymore. So if you want to watch what could completely go wrong in a... Super Mario Brothers movie. Why don't you, for the, those of you kids who were not even born yet, who could be bitching about this movie, go back and watch that movie and then count your blessings. The trailer, though, does give strong video cutscene vibes and feels like it'll carry much of the same humor and appeal that Detective Pikachu had. Um, Jack Black's Bowser. Doesn't seem too Jack Blacky, which is a pleasant surprise. Uh, Chris Pratt doesn't get many words in, but it's it's clear he's not sporting the pitchy plumber's iconic voice. Uh, this has made some fanboys lose their minds. But, uh, you know, personally, I find it to be a smart move for both Pratt and the voice actor mantle of Mario. I mean, it's it's kind of a stereotypical voice. I wouldn't I mean, I would consider it. Kind of like brown facing Italians at that point if Chris Pratt did that. So I gotta say that, like, you know, it's just like in theater. The most respectful thing to do, if you can't do the accent or shouldn't do the accent because of your casting, then don't do the accent. Um, and I've kind of always felt that Mario's fallen into the same category as like Apu, if you look at it through that same lens almost. I, you know, I, I, Mario is what it is. His voice has been accepted till now, but I really don't think that like putting Pratt's name on it has anything to do with could he do the voice. So like all the voice actor aficionados out there bitching about this and where it sits, it's like, I mean, they obviously chose him for a reason. And they gave Jack Black enough direction to go, hey, don't give us any of the Jack Black routine, please. Give us King Koopa. But I also think that, like, he's the kind of guy that gave them exactly what they wanted because of his reverence for the franchise because he's a nerdy nerd like all of us. Speaking of nerdy nerds, uh, Aubrey Plaza is joining White Lotus as it goes to Sicily. You know, we we knew it wasn't coming back to Maui, but I find this more interesting as I wasn't too drawn to the previous cast. For, for as great as it was, I just wasn't. I just wasn't a fan of the story arc and how it applied to Hawaii. And, like, I mean, why why would you want to watch the fiction of it when the reality of it's, like, right out your window? So, with that, like, maybe since they moved the wasps to uh, Sicily, it'll it'll have some more draw to it. And uh, I dig Aubrey Plaza's humor, so I'll be in. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll at least check out the premiere. But you know, HBO Max, you're losing me by a thread daily with all your bad decisions, especially with your going back to reshoots with Ezra Miller proving that you are going to double down on duty to bed when it comes to backing that. Ugh. Man, I don't know. Uh, you know, let's talk about something better. Jamie Foxx as Spawn. 
So with a script on the horizon, Spawn, starring Jamie Foxx, may soon be a reality. It's it's certainly a perfect point in Foxx's career, uh, you know, especially since he got that awesome, uh, you know, epilogue for Electro and potentially more if that part of the MCU comes back because of, you know, fan fan support. But, uh, you know, I, I got to say that, you know, it's it's definitely been plenty of time since the last Spawn film. So, I mean, and that didn't age well, but it wasn't all too bad. Again, fondly thinking of John Leguizamo. Wow. It's like he's, John Leguizamo's like that, that cat in the ICU that lays down next to people right before they die. And that was his job in the 90s. And I think like the only thing that wasn't lame that he ever did was like two Wong Fu in that era. But I digress. Um, you know, it seems like McFarlane is going to have a much heavier hand in this iteration of Spawn. I mean, he did get, he signed off more or less with, you know, the previous one. But I think the 90s were a completely different time. And there's been a lot of evolution since then. And there's been a lot more respect for Spawn and the story that it is and uh, the crew behind it. So I think there's a good chance that this could this could rock. It could be it could be. I'm like, I, I expect more out of this than I really expect out of the Blade movie that's getting a whole rewrite, reset, re-everything. But, uh, woof. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what's in store for Spawn. Uh, all I got to say is I'll probably just lose my shit the second a trailer drops, and I'll be, like, fanboying along with it. Um, I really don't think that the crew involved in it can do any wrong in my childhood eyes, but we shall see. We shall see. And speaking of childhoods and having, you know, theories confirmed, Jinkies, Velma is a lesbian. You didn't see this coming? I mean, I I personally felt really strong asexual vibes from her in the original, original series. I mean, it makes sense, though. Like, I mean, it was kind of weird to me that everybody assumed that, like, boy-girl meant, like, that's how you go on the arc together, and they just didn't realize that, like, Shaggy... And Velma weren't, it was like, they were just, that's that's the friends and the outcasts that sit in the way back in a van. That doesn't mean that they always have to, like, bump ugly. So I think that, that was kind of weird that part of American culture just didn't see that coming. Because, I mean, like, look at how the girl dressed. Look at, like, her style, the way that she talked to everyone. It's either she was spectrum asexual or she was a power lesbian. Pick one. Like she, like she'd be sitting on the same convention floor as Peppermint Patty, as far as I'm concerned. So anybody getting bent out of shape on this is like, if you didn't see the signs, bro. Okay, if you didn't see the signs. But you know, we live in some bizarre times where people think they can censor life around them and then subject us to an exclusive reality of their own design. But it's like, bro, like, why, why do you gotta care? Like that you can, you can have all your incel fantasies on Daphne. I mean, which you probably already did, and, like, the April O'Neils of the world. Like, why are we worried about the sexuality of a cartoon character instead of just trying to understand them and why it makes for an interesting story and why that, you know, why they're representing that? So, like, just, why don't you just find out what's going on in the story instead of just, like, getting on the mean train before you even seen it? Moving forward. live in a fast-paced world where many people are too busy to sit down and read books or news articles. 
But thanks to Newsly, you can now listen to the news you wish you had the time to read. By utilizing AI technology, a natural human voice reads you the news, helping you grasp the information faster and more efficiently. Newsly provides the latest news updates 24-7, letting you browse articles from topics you choose. It even has podcasts, including ours. And listeners of Rabbit Holes can get their first 30 days of premium for free, allowing you to enjoy an ad-free experience by using the special promo code in our episode description. So download Newsly today for free on iOS and Android or visit www.newsly.me so you can stay updated on the things that matter to you. Moving forward. But there is something that I was on the total peace train for, but then I saw it, and then now I have to kind of like, and my of the week kind of goes to Hocus Pocus. I felt it, uh, if the sequel kind of fell short, like I, you know, I'm sure some of you out there feel me. All right, you know, and it's 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 certainly not a guy's point of view thing because like I I I'm I'm gonna give you the play by play here. Like I think that like. It was a stretch to make this about a kid who saw everything that went down that night and then only to send him off on some like fool's errand, which cuts him out of most of the A plot and turns him into like a lesser B that just doesn't get enough resolution to it. Like, I feel that there's there's just a lot in him that I, I'm sure they didn't know how to write. And then, and then there's like the case of like how many times could like they really have better stressed the how book was going to change sides at the end because like they had one throwaway line and I was like okay that's the key line and then I was like is it going to happen again because there was no reinforcement behind it it was just, I, I felt it was very lazy in that sense I felt like the second that like I we got through the first 20 I had already called it on this is definitely going to paint them in a better light at the end of the story, which I feel they should have doubled down on that. If you're listening, Disney, all right? Or if the NSA gives this to Disney, I don't know. Who cares? Uh, but for those of you that do care that are listening, like I, I really feel that like they could have lathered more of that charm on, and they could have... Uh, really just driven home the whole, like, we're going to switch them more to anti-heroes just because, like, the way that, like, these are three of the most, like, interesting women in entertainment, television, and music, and they've iconically become something beyond what their characters, like, were barely fleshed out to be in their original ones. So I think that's also what put the hype so high. So I, I felt that it, it, it fell short at points for what it could have been. I really feel that like I wanted to sympathize more with uh, their loss at the end, but then because like, you know, now that Disney owns a slice of the comic book business, they, they, uh, they repeat the most logical sin that comic books repeat is that nothing ever dies. So we saw yet another candle, which come on, just like the, I kind of saw that, like, someone had to, like, remake the candle to a degree, but then also, like, leaving the opening of, like, well, we're just going to have more candles lying around. You could repeat this as many times as you want. Let's go shark jumping. Let's make a Disney Plus series. So, like, I mean, at this point, unless they're just showing up in a cameo on Deadpool 4, 
I hope we don't see a Hocus Pocus 3 unless it's like some silly TV series that's going to follow the young Sanderson sisters, which I would totally support that. That is totally fine because in that way we could totally rewrite the perception of them and then make them really like play that whole dynamic of like how women as witches were portrayed and, you know, media and, you know, townships and how they, they just would turn on each other in the ye olden days and proclaim people witches and stuff. So like they could cover a lot of those social issues and they could serve well. Um, yeah, I just didn't think after after all the time that we waited, it just wasn't enough. But you know what has been enough? She-Hulk. And I don't give a shit what I hate to say. Because She-Hulk's being She-Hulk. She-Hulk's like that part that goes like, oh, I'm supposed to be a comic book story? No. Which that's like, come on, guys. Like, y- you do realize they told us we were signing up, pretty much signing up for Ally McBeal with superpowers. So, like, why don't you just get on the train and accept it for what it is? Allie McBeal with superpowers. A single female lawyer. All right? So, just, like, turn on your little lenses there and just succumb to, like, what the message is. And then you'll be like, oh, I get it. Now it's funny because it's doing it. Okay? And then also, like, if you look at, like, who they who they chose for She-Hulk, like she was, she was built to take a campaign like this, and I, and that's half of the mischief. Like Disney's leaning into it, meaning that they want to, which means that like I'm sure Tatiana Maslany was just like, oh yeah, I mean I've seen worse in my time, so like I can fight this. I'm prepared for this. So like I really think at that point, like there's there's really no fucks to be given. So I mean they they'll, they'll do uh they'll do a lot to bank off of it. I think that. Um, Daredevil's appearance was, uh, well played. I like the tip back to the classic outfit. Uh, so, like, he totally looked good. And they showed why that yellow worked. Because, like, in the darker scenes, oh, my God, you could see his head better compared to his chest. So he was still kind of invisible in the night. But you could make out where he was. Well played. Costume department. And, uh, the walk of shame. That well played. I mean, if there's anything that like single female lawyer shows are notorious for, it's like who's sleeping with who, and uh, they've managed to do it in such a way that nobody cares about it because they're focused on everything else. Which like, I mean, fan theories have gone abound on like whether or not it's you know secretly Blonsky and abominations behind something. Are we going to see more Madison and something stupid is going to come out of that? Is does Titania have more in store? Which I I really think that she's just supposed to be a breath of fresh air. Like, trying to find whatever super secret hints or little things that they'll tie up, like mentioning, like, the Sokovia Accords have been repealed. Like, I think that you have to, you have to treat She-Hulk like Mary Tyler Moore meets Allie McBeal. She's the it girl. And she's taking us through them times. And if we just go on the ride, it'll end like a happy Mentos commercial for all of us. So with that, I say keep doing a good job over there at Team She-Hulk. I can't wait to see what the surprise is going to be next week on the finale. So we'll talk about that next Friday. But you know what? 
You know what I really want to talk about, and we're gonna we're just gonna like unload and close on today as far as uh, you know the entertainment scene's concerned. Quantum Leap, children. It's been how many decades since Sam Beckett disappeared into the accelerator and didn't come back? And in that time, like Dean Stockwell passed away. Um, I'm sure to some degree Scott Bakula has kind of seen what they had in store for the show, and that's why he said no. But I think some of it makes sense, and if we just go on this ride, we might get a lot of things explained that could that could really work out. That like I I don't know, but you know, numbers numbers are kind of telling a story that not a lot of people are watching on the night of. But I think a lot of people are just like, oh, I could watch it on the app next day, and I don't have to sit through as many ads, which is what I kind of do. I watch on Wednesday, so it's easier to watch with the fam. Um, but um. I think many have a headcanon that's interfering. Uh, I mean, there are some key things that are missing. They kind of retconned out, like, the need for the uh, the chamber where, like, they swap bodies because now he integrates with them. And it's really just, like, there's a lot of things that are just mulled over. But, um, I, I mean, after this last week's episode, like, the big reveal at the end that, like, Janice, Al Calavici's daughter, Dean Stockwell's character, uh, has the has his original hand link and she's near an imaging chamber. So like, I think that she's going to show up and compete for Ben's attention and then fill in his memory. Um, Part of me feels that this could lead to other leapers. I mean, are we going to see evil leapers? Is this going to introduce us to the birth of the evil leapers? Cause think about this. Like I've always thought that the evil leapers were a construct made further in the future. They're not from like the present where where Sam started leaping. They're from something further in time because really, just like a lot of the other fans that you know I've been really attaching to a bigger theory is temporal cold war, and I mean that's that's some hard stuff to get into, and it can make really make a big reason as to why uh, you know this this whole new way of manipulating leaping that Ben and Janice have created. So it's like, I mean, he's slingshotting himself through time to try to end at a certain point. Um, I think there's a lot of people that, that think that he's trying to get himself to like Sam's last couple leaps to see if he can get in the window of like catching Sam before he leaves or something. But I also think that, like, all these leaps, it's more about what they have in common and then how they're going to affix to, they're going to create a point in time because of all the things that have to be done. We have to touch so many lives. And so far, like, I mean, the Atlantis shuttle episode, that was the daughter of the guy from the pilot episode from the OG series. Okay, we've got all these guys from Vietnam showing up. So I think there's enough of an explanation of like, where is this within the frame of like essential leaping? Is this going to make sense of some of the bigger leaps that Sam went into and showing like how everything is connected? I mean, I feel that this is more than an attempt to bring back Sam Beckett. I mean, will this will this change the present? and cause active paradoxes or, or interfere with the original timeline of the, of the, the, the OG series of quantum leap. I mean, is this, I can only imagine that they're going to solve most of this by the end of the first season. Cause if they don't, 
they're not going to be able to keep an audience. I think that they're they're taking us on a really hard ride because they've got something to prove and they've only got so much time before they have to lock down into episodic mode in order to appease the NBC gods. So with that being said, oh boy, like so much, so much to speculate on. Where could it go? I mean, I I think what helped me attach the new show is that you can't think of Ben as the Sam replacement. He's the Al replacement. You know, they mentioned that in the first episode that he uh, he was supposed to be the hologram. So I have a feeling that once Janice is his hologram, we're going to finally get more of that because Janice has got more of that, like, you know, personal positivity full of herself nature like her dad. I mean, you could hear it in her her monologue at the end of the last episode where she's berating her mom and saying like, this should have all been mine. Like, which I, I gotta say is uh it's a very dark approach, but like knowing how much history could change, like, is she, is she doing something that's even going to change herself or that she knows is going to change other people? Is it going to change it so much that like we could come back in season two and, it will have caused enough of a paradox that whole members of the team could be missing overnight. Or does it take us into a super future where we're going to learn more about evil leapers and we're going to start like visiting old episodes, like deeper than like ancestral descendants or just like even daughters and sons or whatever. But like, I, I, Kind of like to know where, like, what happened to Jimmy and his family then, you know, and why they're important. Or, uh, I mean, will we see, you know, that man at the end of time? I mean, I, I part of me feels that that's a stretch when everybody believes in that. I mean, to go back to it again. But, like, I don't, I don't think that that's where they want to go. I don't. Like, I... It, it's 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 a crazy thought, but I feel like they're trying to create a point in time to run into, and that and that it's that it's kind of like it's a mission of like how do you go through these so many points to create a new point in time that fixes everything, and how many things are missing that they just like haven't brought up yet from the previous show? Like where's Sammy Joe? Like we ha- like why create more time babies? When we already had enough time babies. I mean, when I wrote us back for this a decade ago, I was going to make a different time baby out of this. But I got to say, Janice was a smart move. Uh, but I, I really think that there should have been something with, like, Sammy Joe and the rest of the team. I felt that they could have played well into the idea that the the exchange with the bodies was still happening in the in the chamber, that the visitor would would come in Sam's body. And there would be like this whole project that's been happening for like 20 years where they're just talking to whoever's sitting inside of Sam. But because that's all they've got for budget is just a babysitter that's a psychiatrist that kind of like has taken the place of Al. And that was like Al's job for the longest time. So, like, I really think that there's a lot of things that like they could have tugged more heartstrings had they gone into it. And like, I kind of hope at this point, it. Like, as much as I, I like it and where it could go, this is the safest point that it could get canceled, and then we could just go make a fan series 
uh, or something else. I don't know. I like these guys and I like what they're trying to do. But I feel like I've met enough people in my life in Hollywood on sets and and friends in the biz that like there's enough nerds that when you get us together, we've talked about this. And I've definitely felt that like per the people I've been around in my life, there's been a lot better ideas on how to do this, even though this is one of the best ideas on how to do this. Um Thoughts, comments, questions, concerns, let me know. Fill it in. Fill me in. Let just, if you hate it, let me know why. Like, give me a hard reason why, not just like a, I can't take it. Um, but we'll talk more. And thank you guys for coming on this crazy ride. I will see you on Sunday where we will talk Maui local things. Uh, and if not, I will see you next Friday for all things that are entertainmentally fun, celebrity stupid, and otherwise a distraction from this reality. Aloha. <laughs> Rabbit Holes is a Manavakal production. This episode was produced by Kavika Hoke and Sarah Rodriguez. Make sure to subscribe and follow on your favorite podcast platforms to add our weekly episodes to your queue.